What's good, everyone? Welcome back to the Mayo Media Network. My name's Griffin Swanson, and today I'm going to be breaking down the Monday night football game between the New York Giants and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Got a couple of prize picks here that I like for this game, and then we're going to dive into my spreadsheet, breaking down the DraftKings showdown slate. But before we do that, if you could like this video here and subscribe to the channel, I would greatly appreciate that. Y'all probably know this by now, but if not, the Mayo Media Network has football content coming out Monday through Sunday throughout the remainder of the season, so don't miss out on any of that. And for you podcast people, you can always head over to the Spotify pods or Apple pods and find all of the content there. And while you're over there, leave a five-star review. That certainly helps as well. But with that being said, let's dive into this Monday night game here, kicking it off with a couple of prize picks that I like. All right, so I'm over on the prizepicks.com website here now. And for starters, I want to mention this. If you have not signed up for prize picks yet and are perhaps interested in doing so, you can use the promo code MMN, which stands for Mayo Media Network, and get up to a $100 match deposit upon signing up. Again, you don't have to put 100 bucks in. You want to put in 50, they'll match 50 you want to put in 20 they'll match 20 as long as you're using that promo code mmn you can get up to a 100 match deposit so if you plan on signing up make sure you take advantage of that with that being said i got two props here that i like for this monday night game and they're both going to be receiving yard props so scrolling down here to the bottom first one that i like is kenny galladay over 41 and a half receiving yards i think that number's too low i know he's been injured throughout most of the season but prior to his injury and his first First four healthy games he hit the over at this number of 41 and a half in three of four games the one game where he didn't get there he had 38 receiving yards he has one more catch in that game he likely hits the over and I'm looking at a couple of projection sites here one has him at 55 yards the other at 62 well above this number as well and actually on pro football focus they're giving him the best wide receiver cornerback matchup in this Monday night game over D Delaney, they're giving Galladay a 99.9 .9 matchup advantage out of 100 literally the best that you can get and the game script here probably works in Galladay's favor as well where the Giants are likely playing from behind having to throw the ball a little bit more and so like I said I think this number is just a bit too low and Galladay hits the over at 41 and a half receiving yards and then the other prop that I like here in this game is going to be Rob Gronkowski over 24 and a half receiving yards I think that number's too low as well I, it's a very similar situation here with Kenny Galladay whereas Gronk is missed most of the season due to an injury but in his first three healthy games to start the season he absolutely smashed this number here at 24 and a half hitting 39 55 and 90 receiving yards in his first three games he was averaging seven targets per game and averaging 11 and a half yards per reception so if he gets three four catches in this game I think he clears that number assuming he can just get right back to his normal workload he should smash that number but even if he is limited I think he could realistically hit the over on one or two catches. Again, looking at a couple of projection sites here, they got him around 39 receiving yards, well above this number at 24 and a half, in a good matchup at home against a pretty bad New York Giants defense as well. So to recap here, the two props that I like are Rob Gronkowski over 24 and a half receiving yards and Kenny Galladay over 41 and a half. We can approach this two different ways: the flex play or the power play. If you go the power play route, you will need all of your picks to hit 
but it does increase the payout. And again, for those of you who have not signed up for prize picks yet and are perhaps interested in doing so, make sure you take advantage of that promo code MMN, which stands for Mayo Media Network, and you'll get up to a $100 match deposit. But all right, time to dive into the spreadsheet here, breaking down this DraftKings showdown slate. As always, we'll start in the top left-hand corner with those Vegas odds. You can see the Bucks are heavy home favorites here, sitting on a money line of minus 490. They're also 10 and a half point favorites in this game as well with an over under of 50 points. Definitely could see a lot of points scored in this game in general. I think the implied total right now for the Buccaneers is around 30, 30 and a half points. And then we got the showdown stats here from 2020. Always got those listed out. Let's pop over to this other sheet. And this is in regard to the top 1% of showdown lineups from last year. So I'm going to go over these pretty quickly here. Take a screenshot of them. Do what you want with these stats. But number one, 92% of all showdown lineups rostered at least one quarterback. Of the top 1% of lineups from last year, 96% had a quarterback rostered as well. Number two, 33% of all lineups rostered a wide receiver at captain. Of the top 1% of showdown lineups, 31.5% had a wide receiver in the captain spot as well. Number three, 57% of the top 1% of lineups rostered a captain from the team favored to win. So in this example here, Tampa Bay Buccaneers captain. Number four, run it back. An opposing quarterback, wide receiver, or tight end was included in 88.9% of winning lineups that rostered a quarterback, wide receiver, or tight end from the other team team at captain. Number five, ignore defense and kickers in the captain spot. That obviously worked out in the Thursday night game with the Patriots defense, but very rarely does that work. Only 1.1% of the time in the top 1% of lineups from last year. And the number six there, do not play more than two kickers or defenses in the same lineup. Usually one is fine. With all that said, let's dive into some of my favorite DraftKings plays here. Kicking it off with the captains. And as always, I'm going to list out a captain from both sides of this game. Starting on the Buccaneers side of things here. And look, this Buccaneers offense is so good in general. We could go a number of different ways in the captain spot. You could just go with Brady if you wanted to. Hoping he's spreading the ball out to all of his wide receivers. You go with Mike Evans who leads the team in touchdowns. You go with Lenny Fournette who's been a focal point in this offense all year long, racking up DraftKings points in a number of different ways, or go with Gronk, who's a bit too cheap in my opinion, and has nice upside himself. I ultimately landed on Chris Godwin here. He's just projecting slightly above those guys that I mentioned outside of Tom Brady, but all the wide receivers, tight end, and Lenny Fournette. Godwin's coming in just slightly above right now, and he actually leads all pass catchers with a 21% target share this year, and I was actually surprised by this as well. He leads the team in red zone targets at 23.8%. I would have thought that Mike Evans had that on lock, but in fact, it's actually been Chris Godwin. And per PFF, Pro Football Focus, they're giving Godwin the best wide receiver cornerback matchup of any Bucks wide receiver on this Monday night game, going up against Giants cornerback Darnay Holmes, who ranks 98 out of 119 graded cornerbacks this year, so Godwin should have his way with them. Like I said, we could probably put in a number of different guys in the captain spot on the Buccaneers side of things, but based off of the target, target share that he's been getting this year and the matchup he has on Monday night, 
I lean towards Godwin over some of those other guys. And then on the Giants side of things here, I like Kenny Galladay. Talked about him during the prize pick segment of this video. And so I'm going to reiterate a number of the things that I mentioned there as to why I like him in the captain spot as well. For starters, coming off of that bye in week 10, this should be the healthiest that Galladay has been dating back to week one. You love to see that. And he's got a great matchup to kind of have that boom game that we really haven't seen from him as a New York giant in this matchup here against Bucks cornerback D Delaney. You know, PFF is actually giving Galladay the best wide receiver cornerback matchup overall in this Monday night game, giving him a 99.9 .9 matchup advantage out of 100. That's legit the best you can get on PFF. Delaney ranks 113 out of 119 graded cornerbacks this year. I mean, literally bottom of the barrel. And Galladay actually has a 5-inch height advantage in this matchup over Delaney, which probably plays into why he has a 99.9 .9 matchup advantage, but that's perfect for Galladay's game. Ever since he's come into the league, he's made a living off of going up and winning those contested catches. So assuming he could see 5-plus targets in this game, Galladay could have a really nice night in this matchup here against D. Delaney. Now, hopping on down here to the flex plays, we have to talk about Tom Brady. He's actually leading the entire slate in median projections. So if you want to put him in the captain spot, absolutely think that makes sense. Most of his starting weapons are back this week here, getting Gronk back. Really, the only one who's still out is Antonio Brown. So he could definitely spread the ball out a lot in this game and has that 30-plus draft game point upside. So again, you could put him in the captain spot, you could put him in the flex play, and a number of guys that you can stack him with. And again, I always go back to this first statistic from 2020 of the top 1% of lineups, 96% of those had a quarterback rostered, and Brady is certainly the better quarterback of the two between him and Daniel Jones in this Monday night game. Next guy I got there then is Mike Evans of the Buccaneers, and as I mentioned earlier when I was talking about Chris Godwin, there's a number of different Bucks players we could put in the captain spot. That includes Mike Evans as well. He leads all Buccaneers this year in air yards at 30.6%. That doesn't surprise me because Brady loves to throw the deep ball to Mike Evans. He leads the team in touchdowns as well with nine this year. And he's really that type of player that can score a touchdown at any point in a game, largely due to Brady throwing the deep ball his way. He's actually shown a really safe floor this year as well, scoring fewer than 12 DraftKings points in just two games with an upside of 30 plus DraftKings points. So I like him as a flex play, like him in the captain spot. Evans is going to be a focal point in this offense on Monday night for the Bucks. Now, speaking of focal points in this Buccaneers offense, Leonard Fournette is going to be one of those guys as well. Just seems to progressively get better with each and every game this year, and the Buccaneers seem to trust him more with each and every game as well. He's now averaging 12.5 rushing attempts per game and 5.3 targets involved in all aspects of this Buccaneers offense and can really rack up DraftKings points in a number of different ways. He's actually averaging 15.4 DraftKings points per game and another Buccaneers player here who has 30 plus DraftKings point upside. Now unfortunately we can't play all of these top tier Buccaneers players in the same lineup as great as it would be to roll out Brady with Evans and Godwin and then mix in Leonard Fournette as well. It's too expensive to do that so we'll have to pick and choose
choose which top tier Buccaneers guys we want in this game, but all of them have shown solid floors all year long with that 30 plus DraftKings point upside and have a great matchup here to do so again against a Giants defense who really hasn't been all that great this year. We then got a couple of Giants players here that we're going to talk about, starting with Daniel Jones, who has been a bit boom or bust this year, but I always go back to this first stat from 2020 of the top 1% of lineups. 96% of them had a quarterback rostered. Now look, Tom Brady is probably that quarterback to roster in 9 out of 10 games, but you never know with these showdowns. You could get that one game that you're looking for where Daniel Jones does outperform Tom Brady, and he's got some nice rushing upside to his game as well. We saw it a lot more from him earlier this year compared to as of late, but hopefully he gets back to that here on Monday night, coming off of the bye. You know, earlier this year, he put up performances of 22, 29, and 30 DraftKings points in three of his first four games where he was running the ball a lot more. And now I understand the Buccaneers defense has been one of the best rush defenses in the league over the past couple of seasons. But considering Daniel Jones has it in his arsenal, it gives him a little extra upside. We then got Kadarius Toney there for the New York Giants, who should act as wide receiver number two in this Monday night game behind Kenny Galladay, but above Darius Slayton. We don't have Sterling Shepard once again in this game, who's out with an injury. And the Giants need to find ways to get Tony the ball. He's so good in open space, great after the catch. The way he starts and stops and takes off at full speed is actually incredible to watch. Hopefully we see that on Monday night. He's been a bit boomer bust this year, largely due to the inconsistent numbers and volume thrown his way. But assuming he can see five, six targets in this game, he could have himself a nice night. We've seen a really great ceiling out of Tony already, who's just a rookie this year, but he scored 32 DraftKings points back in week five against the Dallas Cowboys. So the upside is definitely there with this guy. He didn't even score a touchdown in that game. And at $6,800 here, like I said, if he can get five, six targets, targets, he can absolutely meet value and maybe even smash it against his secondary for the Buccaneers, who has been a bit susceptible at times. Now, one Giants player who was starting to play better and find his game prior to the bye in Week 10 was Evan Ingram, the tight end for the Giants, playing his best football, really, scoring touchdowns in back-to-back -back games and hitting double-digit DraftKings points in three straight games. Now, he might only see three, four targets in this game here, but at $6,600, I wouldn't mind that that, especially considering they are looking to him a little bit more in the red zone now. Uh, he just wasn't great to start the season. This is a guy who's battled a lot of injuries throughout the course of his career. So hopefully having a bye week here, it allows him to kind of refresh and get right back to his game that we saw prior to the bye, which again was his best football that he was playing all year long. And speaking of tight ends there, gotta talk about Gronk, who's coming back from injury himself. You can put him in the captain spot, like I said, so many different guys on the buck side of things that we could put in there, but Gronk here at $6,200 definitely caught my eye. I almost highlighted him over Chris Godwin, actually, assuming he gets back to his regular role here in week 11. I think that would be the only cause for concern is do they ease Gronk in coming back from injury? But if they don't, this is a guy who was seeing seven targets per game, 61 receiving yards per game, and averaging 1.3 touchdowns throughout the first three games of the season. And 1.3 touchdowns means he scored four touchdowns in his first three games. But this is a guy who Brady obviously looks to once they get in the red zone area. So it's $6,200 here. I love the upside with Gronk. I know he only played three games, but in those three games, he was averaging 19.5 DraftKings points per game. Not bad at all for a guy probably 
priced here in the low 6k range. Now, I often debate with myself whether or not I should be highlighting kickers and defenses on these showdown spreadsheets, and then I look at some of these numbers and go, you know what? They're worth talking about here. Now, I could certainly highlight a fourth string wide receiver or a backup running back that might only play 25 to 50 percent of the offensive snaps, but have the potential of scoring a touchdown. But do we honestly know if a fourth string wide receiver or a backup running back are going to score on any given game? The answer is probably no. We're really grasping at straws there. So I look at a guy like Graham Gano, the kicker for the New York Giants, and go, you know what? This guy's been very consistent this year, hitting 19 of 21 field goals, averaging about 10 DraftKings points per game, and showing really solid upside. In four games this year out of nine, he's hit 11, 12, 15 and 22 DraftKings points. Uh, those are a lot better numbers than you're going to get from a fourth string wide receiver or a backup running back in most given games. Like I said, there's certainly going to be outlier games where that fourth stringer or fifth stringer comes through and ends up winning a showdown for you. But in terms of consistency, I look to a guy like Graham Gano and go, you know what? This guy has 22 plus DraftKings point upside as well. Why not mention him? And then to wrap it up there, I got Darius Slayton of the New York Giants, who should act as wide receiver number three in this offense on Monday night, behind Kadarius Toney and Kenny Galladay, but I don't mind him at that price tag of $3,200. He's actually seeing a 23% share of the team's air yards this year and a 13% target share. Not great numbers by any means, but not bad at all for a guy priced in the low 3K range. And like I said, this Tampa Bay secondary has been susceptible at times this year, allowing 37.8 DraftKings points per game to opposing wide receivers, the 10th most in the NFL, and the game script is playing out toward the Giants are playing from behind, likely having to throw the ball more, which will obviously benefit all the pass catchers. So like I said, wide receiver number three, you know, might be one of those scenarios where he doesn't play a full set of snaps, but at $3,200 here, I think he's seen enough volume to where he can certainly meet value at that price tag. All right, everyone, that is going to wrap up this video here for the Monday Night Football Slate. As always, thank you all for taking the time out of your day to watch the content on the Mayo Media Network. If you haven't already, like this video here and subscribe to the Mayo Media Network. Like I said, they got football content coming out Monday through Sunday throughout the remainder of the season, amongst much other content as well, tackling multiple different sports. So don't miss out on any of that. And again, for those of you who do want to sign up for prize picks, you can always use the promo code MMN, which stands for Mayo Media Network, and get up to a $100 match deposit. But let's enjoy this Monday night game here, folks. Let's win a little money as well. I'm out of here. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your boy LQ, Mr. Real Deal Fantasy HQ. Fire content only. And this is the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. Make sure you guys download the app, link in bio, prizepicks.com. Sign up today using promo code MMN. You guys will be set up for success because they're matching up to 100 bucks. That's free money, man. Go get it, man. You put in 100, you get 100. Simple and easy money. So, have a great show for you guys today. I got some studs, I got some duds, and of course, the injury recap. We all hate the injury recap, but I got a few guys that I want to put on the stand. Are they the real deal or are they a fluky? A fluky player, fluky game. They're not the real deal. Playoffs are around the corner, people. We're flying through these weeks, so we got to put these guys on trial. Are they the real deal or they're fluky? So, I don't want to waste any more time, so let's get right into it. So, let's start with the stud muffins. Woof! Man, 
This is a dessert. If you face Jonathan Taylor this week, I feel bad for you. Go talk to a friend, vent, talk about your problems. This was a psychological battle going up against Jonathan Taylor. Luckily, I was not a victim this week, so we are great. Jonathan Taylor put up five touchdowns, five touchdowns, people. He was breaking records for the Colts. He went completely nuts today on that Buffalo defense. And listen, we honestly looked at the Buffalo defense as the number one defense overall. They were making big plays, you know, making big splashes. But, man, they got embarrassed at their crib today. I mean, the Colts were the underdogs, you know, going on a away game. But this was a huge upset. Jonathan Taylor just put the team on his back, put the defense on their back, and it was just crazy that he put up five touchdowns today. And he put up 53 fantasy points. Oof. That is hard to come back from if you were facing Jonathan Taylor. And I feel sorry for you. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Jonathan Taylor is looking like the 101 for the next season. I understand CMC still exists. I know he's a guy that can put up 30-plus fantasy points with no touchdowns. I know that is on the table for CMC. But Jonathan Taylor is making a very good case to be Mr. 101 in 2022. What do you guys feel about that? But moving on to the next stud. Stud Muffin goes to Justin Jefferson, man. He came in with some swagger today. If you're watching, you know, the pregame, if you're watching, you know, his little interview he had before the game, he came in with some swagger. He had the energy. He just felt good about that game. And I feel as though, you know, with him putting up 37 fantasy points, man, oof, man, I definitely needed that out of Justin Jefferson. And also Kirk Cousins, you know, he did his thing. I mean, he had that, you know, important you know basically drive where you know he always throws a touch uh i'm sorry uh, interception and uh they came out with the win you know it, it came out to the end you know the packers didn't get the job done so kirk cousin throwing that interception kind of irrelevant but it's kind of normal for him to do that but again justin jefferson definitely the stud muffin 37 fantasy points that's exactly what we needed now we're going to stick with the jays if you haven't noticed jonathan taylor justin jefferson I'm going to put my boy Jalen Hurts, man. Jalen Hurts, 30 fantasy points. Crazy win at the crib. I definitely feel as though Jalen Hurts is going to be a league winner. He's a stud muffin, being that he put up 30 fantasy points. I feel as though this isn't easy with all the Jalen Hurts haters out there to swallow because they hate seeing this man win. He's a dual threat quarterback that has a nice, juicy playoff playoff schedule please look at that playoff schedule it is juicy people and always always keep this in mind dual threat quarterbacks win championships people Jalen Hurts is going to be a league winner and a stud muffin he is today man getting it done on the ground getting it done through the air getting Devontae Smith involved and him putting up big fantasy points as well I definitely feel as though Jalen Hurts moving forward you have to look at him as a serious contender man there is no you know putting him on the bench and putting your second QB in or whatever the case may be he's a start and forget people start and forget Jalen Hurts he is a stud muffin this week so now we got to get to the duds, the guys that shit the bed, man. I didn't show up. I want to start with Dan Arnold. Now, I want to say going into this week, man, there was a lot of hype, a lot of hype about Dan Arnold. I was part of that hype. I'm going to be honest. I felt as though he had a solid target share the last three weeks. He led the Jacksonville Jaguars in targets. Like he beat out Marvin Jones, Chenault. And it's like, man, Dan Arnold coming in, making a splash getting, you know, the chemistry build up with T. Lawrence, but the Jacksonville Jaguars target their tight ends. Zero. Zero times today. Zero. None. Nada. Not a peep. Not even the backups, the backups. Dan Arnold sold zero targets today. 
I don't know why, but obviously the Jags are just an overall bad team. So that was my fault and our fault. Believing in any Jags player or believing in Urban Meyer to stick with what's working because it's like, man, he had a healthy target share going into this week. The last three weeks, like I said, he was leading, leading the Jags in targets. So it doesn't make sense why you don't stick with what's working. I mean, man, it is what it is. It, I, I don't know. But he put up a goose egg, a donut, a shit turd in the bed. So let's jump into the next dud, Jeff Wilson. Woo, man. Five points. He put up five points today. He's another guy going into this week. They had some type of hype. I also was putting into a little bit of the hype saying that Jeff Wilson is the guy to play. If Elijah Mitchell doesn't show up, which he didn't, Jeff Wilson was the guy, the run back one. But I knew it was curtains once we were seeing Debo Samuel take snaps as a running back and being effective. So I knew, you know, the writing was on the wall once I kept seeing Debo in the backfield, lining up in the backfield, <clears throat> scoring touchdowns and et cetera, et cetera. And Jeff Wilson just didn't show up today. I feel as though we all were duped because, again, Kyle Shanahan on his shenanigans again. Um, we even see <laughs> Trey Sermon catching passes out of backfield, which was annoying as well. So, you know, Jeff Wilson moving forward, it may be a question mark putting him into starting lineups. I feel as though Elijah Mitchell may be back next week, depending on how that hand is or whatever, you know, they uh, want to do with him. They want to ease him in because I definitely feel as though Elijah Mitchell should be back next week and then Jeff Wilson back in the past. So, um, yeah, it, it's just unfortunate this week. He was in a lot of starting lines. I had a lot of starting signal questions this morning about Jeff Wilson or whoever else. I was leaning, you know, 60, 40, 60% telling people to start Jeff Wilson, you know, based on, you know, the usage and an opportunity. But again, not that many fantasy points. And of course, a lot of people are probably mad. But moving on, the next dud, I kind of figured that Miles Sanders was going to be a dud this week, being that, you know, he's just coming off of IR. We don't really know how he looks in this new running scheme that they're running, the new, you know, rushing uh, opportunities they're giving to their running backs. You know, Jordan Howard's still there existing. Uh, Gainwell was a healthy scratch today, so no PPR upside there. So that was solely going to go to Sanders. Um, but, man, six fantasy points. Uh, doesn't it doesn't get the job done i i left him on the bench for a reason i feel as though when guys come off of ir they don't really you know put up big fantasy points because they kind of get eased into it but he started off good it looked like he was having a great game but then you know the fumbles man that's really what kills momentum that's really you know what kills a running back and uh we saw some jordan howard on the back end of the games and it, it basically shaked out you know then them, them basically having an even split so jordan howard is still being involved he's still going to be the guy that's going to get the third down touches to if you need a first down, the red zone opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. So Miles Sanders is looking like he's going to be capped for the rest of the season. But, <clears throat> man, just unfortunate. You can't trust Eagles running backs. You could trust them just as much as a Patriots backfield or a San Fran backfield. It's kind of like a just complete fade. I only have like a few shares of Miles Sanders, so I'm not that really upset about it because the shares that I do have, I didn't start them. You know, I, I went these couple of weeks with Adam and then a couple of weeks before that when he was healthy, very disappointing. So it's either I made some moves or, you know, I found the next guy up. So he's the dud of the week. So let's get to the veggies, the the injury report, the injury recap. I do not like doing this, but we didn't have any crazy injuries this week. Uh, Justin Fields, he suffered a rib injury, which was weird on uh, one of the plays where he tried to go for a first down and got wrapped up. And I guess he felt awkwardly where he has a rib injury. So no telling how long he's going to be out as well. But Andy Dalton stepped in, 
you know, got the job done for our Mooney guys because Mooney put up big points today as well. But I don't feel as though, you know, Andy Dalton can finish the rest of the season as a starter if Justin Fields is healthy. So moving on, uh, <clears throat> A.J. Brown, he left the first quarter with a hand injury, came back. Not too sure how he shaked out, you know, for a lot of fantasy owners out there who were, you know, hoping that A.J. Brown would step up with uh, Julio Jones out, but only nine fantasy points. He low-key was right there on the dead list, but he was hurt. So he he didn't end up uh, going on the dead list just because of that. But uh, Marcus Johnson, you know, another Titan that was basically heating up, you know, last two weeks we've been seeing the target share go to him, seeing him get the targets, get the volume, and that's what really matters. But he had a hamstring injury on a play that it was like a deep shot and kind of let up, grabbed this hamstring, and the rest is history. So – that was the injury report. So let's move on to the next and last segment. So I explained a little bit before in the beginning, are they the real deal or is this just a fluke, man? Like, are these guys are going to be able to stay consistent? Are they going to show up in the playoffs for us when we need them? Are they just going to be, you know, fluky? This is just a luck game and it's not going to continue. So these guys are on stand. I want to start with Cam Newton. So Cam Newton's a special situation here. So a lot of super flex leagues, you know, you were able to pick up Cam Newton. So you're probably thinking, hey, is this guy the real deal or is this just a fluke? Even though they lost today, even though they lost. I know that matters to Cam Newton. I know that matters for a lot, but he had a very good game. 30 fantasy points, two throwing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. So three total touchdowns. I feel so Cam Newton is the real deal. He's back. He's happy, and I love to see him be able to do the things that he do on offense with him and CMC, with DJ Moore, even getting Robbie Anderson involved as well, and then taking off out of the pocket, rushing, the rushing upside. So I feel as though, like I explained before, dual threat quarterbacks win championships. They win you leagues, man. I'm telling you, man, Cam Newton is the real deal going forward for the rest of the season. No, I'm not saying he's like a, you know, a, a top five quarterback, but I'm just saying, man, a guy that's inside the top 10 or just on the outside of top 10, dual threat quarterbacks show up and show out every single week, being that they have the ground game and they have the, you know, the pocket presence where they can extend plays and throw some nice touchdowns. That's what matters. So Cam Newton to me is the real deal. I'm not saying this is a fluke for him putting up 30 fantasy points in his first start, you know, as a Carolina Panther in so many years, this is the real deal. Stamp it. They're going to play to his strengths and with CMC healthy, this definitely helps Cam Newton like times a hundred. So I'm stamping him as the real deal. I got him in starting lineups moving forward for the rest of the season, definitely for my super flex leagues. And again, you guys, I don't know your leagues. I don't know your situations on teams, but I'm not telling you to start him. If you have a Tom Brady or you're in a one quarterback league and you have like a, uh, let's say a Justin Herbert, I'm not saying that I'm just saying if he fits into your lineup and he's going to help you clinch the playoff spot, you know, get into that six seed, you play this man. He is the real deal. So, Moving on to another guy that's been flying under the radar, kind of. And I got to say, one league where I'm hurting at running back, I feel very comfortable with Devontae Freeman. So I'm going to stamp him as the real deal. So he had 19 fantasy points. He's heavily involved in the passing game today. I feel as though with Lamar Jackson out, they need to lean on somebody. You know, Mark Andrews had a big game. I know we are all waiting on Rashad Bateman to break out, but. The recent news of Lamar Jackson being out, that kind of hindered that. But, man, Devontae Freeman, 19 fantasy points today. I feel as though, you know, 
him being involved in a pass game is a plus, especially when he's on the team that is the third fewest in the NFL right now to target their running backs. That is a huge plus, man. I feel as though, you know, we already know how the Ravens do with their offense. They don't pass to their running backs. But for Devontae Freeman, he's getting the job done through the air and on the ground. So I feel as though with him averaging 14.5 fantasy points per game, this is a real deal stamp. I love how he's a low-end RB2 going under the radar. He's a guy that was picked up off of waivers just probably like three, four weeks ago, and he's being consistent. That's what matters with guys like this. Guys that you could fit into your lineup, into your flex position or whatever the case may be, they're going to show up and show out for the playoffs. I hope Lamar Jackson's okay. Hopefully, you know, the illness just passed and he's back in, you know, starting lineups. He's back playing on the field. So hopefully everything shakes out fine because I definitely believe Devontae Freeman moving on for the rest of the season, he's the real deal. So – Moving on to my last guy. So if you follow me on Twitter at Real Deal Fantasy, you would know I'm not that big of a Brandon Ayuk fan. So let's talk about the recent sightings. So I feel as though last week with him putting up five fantasy points, that's kind of like his floor. Let's just say that. So his ceiling is what we saw today. So seven for seven, 85 yards, and he had 21.5 fantasy points in PPR format. So you're probably thinking, hey, Brandon Ayuk is back. Brandon Ayuk is going to be legit for the rest of the season. So I'm just here to say you have to look at it as we see his floor more times than we see the ceiling. We see him get completely schemed out because he fumbles or he just doesn't do the right blocking assignment, whatever the case may be. We see him get punished more times than not on the offense, and that is where we have trust issues. I can't trust a guy like this that's on an offense where he gets schemed out or we're waiting on a Kittle injury or a Debo Samuel injury to be, you know, fantasy relevant. And it's like, come on, man, they, they, they faced the Jags today. So it's kind of like he faced a bottom tier, unmotivated defense. So of course, of course, all three of these offense uh, pass catchers are going to put up big points. So I feel as though if Brandon Ayuk didn't show up today, then he would be completely garbage. So he's not. He's he's a good wide receiver. I feel as though with opportunity, he could definitely show up and show out. But the problem is, man, I'm telling you, more times than not, he's on your bench. He's not in starting lineups unless you're in a serious situation where he fits into your starting lineups every single week and you have no choice. Then okay, cool. But what I'm saying is, man, playoffs are around the corner. I need guys I can trust. So I definitely feel like this 21-point game is a fluke. I understand last week he put up five and the week before that he put up 17. But look at the situations. Two weeks ago, Debo Samuel was banged up. Two weeks ago, Kittle was just getting back into, you know, routines, just getting back to full usage. So I feel as though, man, it's based on situation with Brandon Ayuk. It's based on matchups, et cetera. So just be cautious if you're going to start him. So again, I feel as though he can be the real deal, but not. Nah. I feel like this game particular is a fluke game. We have to see more consistency with Brandon Ayuk for us to really trust him, you know, week in and week out. So that's all I really got about him. I feel as though, again, you got to be cautious with him. I, I wouldn't be, you know, depending on him in the playoffs as like a 100% guy. I don't want Brandon Ayuk to be dependent on as if, you know, he needs to win you your weeks or win you this game because you're going to be very disappointed, man. So please play with caution. So that wraps up another great episode. I definitely want you guys to subscribe. I definitely need you guys to follow me on Twitter as well, Real Deal Fantasy, and hit that link in the bio. Sign up to prizepicks.com using promo code MMN, and you guys will be set up for success. It's free money. You put in 100, you get 100. It's that simple, man. So please make sure you check out prizepicks.com right now. Signing up.
using promo code MMN. You guys be ready to bring home the gold. So that wraps up the episode, and I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Oh.